moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people. Hi, this is Asa Nilsson, and you're listening to More Moss to the People, where each week we're going to be talking about slowing down, even hurling ourselves off of the Ferris wheel of the production-first mentality and choosing to live a courageous life based on our own needs first and daring to be different in a world where sameness is encouraged more highly than living a life of authenticity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to More Moss to the People. This is Asa Nilsson, and I am your host. Today is nearly the last day of May, and I'm sitting here on my sofa enjoying my beautiful cup of coffee. Good morning, sunshine. Thank you to Jade Ponovich for that beautiful cup that she brought me when she came to visit. And today I have a really important topic that I want to discuss with you. Something that means so much to me. Now, you might wonder, Asa, why are you obsessing about this? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to share with you what is happening. There's going to be some backstory. There's going to be a little bit of history because, you know, I come with my stories. And I will say right now, you see I have no makeup on. I have my eczema medication working, hopefully. So I just got my lips, my Bella lips. So alcohol. The subject of today and this week's episode is alcohol and alcohol use. Now, I'm going to share some stories going back in time. When I was young, we last in New York, I made some really bad choices. Now, I lived in America from the age of five to 43. When I was very young, early teens, I um, partook in alcohol, a serious amount of drinking as a child, like a young person. And so this episode is not for young people to, I'm not encouraging anybody young to drink alcohol by any means. As a matter of fact, I would seriously discourage any young person from um, taking alcohol um, without having an adult uh, with them. So now I do believe that there are cultures and customs where uh, family members have alcohol or serve alcohol with dinners for their families, like in France and Italy and all that kind of stuff. But it is also a a controlled environment. I was not in a controlled environment. So um, when I was 13, I quit drinking alcohol. From the age of 13 to 30, I did not drink 
anything because I made a really stupid decision and I vomited. And that was the last time I also vomited alcohol was vomited period was when I was 13 years old. So um, I stopped drinking when I was 13. Now, uh, that means that I went through all of my high school years. I went through all of college, all my university years without taking in alcohol. Now, I smoked cigarettes like to beat the band. Okay. Like that was my drug of choice. And I didn't really eat that well. I ate bagels. I drank hot tea. That was like the extent of my diet. And I would drink water or iced tea, whatever, and smoke my cigarettes like there was no tomorrow. And um, I was I was so uptight. I was so controlled. I had, um, I was controlling of other people. I was so judgmental of other people. I was like, I don't even understand how I had friends or boyfriends back in those days. Now, if you were to speak to those boyfriends, I'm sure they would say the same thing. (laughs) I have become such an easy to go person these days. So, I started drinking little by little by little when I was in my 30s, like a little bit of wine. But the second I took in like a sip of wine, I could feel my legs detach from my body. And I don't know if you have ever experienced that or not, but like slowly but surely, I started to take in alcohol again into my body, like into my bloodstream. And I never drink hard liquor because I drank hard liquor when I was a little kid. I say little kid. I mean, I was. I mean, maybe you don't consider a 12, 13-year-old to be a little kid. I do, and I was, and that was, again, bad choice. So um, when I started taking in the alcohol, like when I first started drinking, like I would drink really slowly, like super duper slowly, and I would look at people that could chug water, chug Coke, or chug whatever, and I was like, God, how do they drink so fast? How does that happen? And... uh fast forward 35 years and I'm doing the same exact thing. So um, so little by little, I started drinking. Yeah. And when I lived in America, this was a non-issue. It was an ant issue, meaning that it was such a little tiny thing that like I didn't even think about it because everybody did it. Everybody's drinking alcohol all the time. You're having wine every night. You're uh, having alcohol with friends. You're going places. You're getting in the car and then driving the car, which that does not happen anymore. I can assure you here in Sweden. No, zero tolerance for that, which I love. And so when I moved to Sweden, I was living the American lifestyle. I was still drinking, having wine at night. And then slowly but surely, I got my husband to have wine at night with me. And, uh, you know, because that's what the Americans do and that's normal until. Maybe it isn't for me. Now, I'm not judging anybody else anymore. I am looking only at myself and I'm sharing this story from my experience because what has happened slowly, slowly, slowly over time, I have been spending a lot of my mental energy thinking about what did I say last night? Did I say did I do something wrong? Did I say something to embarrass myself? Did I say something to embarrass somebody else? Was I out of turn? Did I, um, was I embarrassing to Thomas? Was I embarrassing to the family? You know, like I started to be like consumed with, uh, what am I doing? Why am I drinking? Why am I drinking every night? Maybe drinking every night is not okay. 
maybe if I went to a doctor, and here, when I did my 50-year checkup, they asked this huge questionnaire, all these questions of how do you live your life? How do you eat? Do you exercise? How do you sleep? La, 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 all of this stuff. And they asked about alcohol. How much alcohol do you take in? And I'm like, you know, I mean, like three glasses a night. And the woman, I swear to God, the doctor was like, her eyeballs were like, I'm like, um, well, you know, I live my life like an American. So I drink alcohol with my, with my dinner. And we have, she's like, um, yeah, you got to cut that down. You got to cut that down to like, she said something insane, like four, four glasses a week or something. I was like, a week, <laughs> four classes a week. <laughs> That's funny, right? Fast forward. Now I'm nearly 56. Okay. So I started paying more attention, like more note to, well, how do I feel when I drink? How do I feel? Like my mental, mental energy was drained and I'm exhausted at night. We're like passed out on the couch, like, oh, so tired because alcohol is a depressant. That's why, I mean, I don't take antidepressants, but uh, if I did, if I'm taking antidepressants and drinking alcohol, I'm I'm negating the two. Now, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. So spending a lot of mental energy. That I'm telling you something. This is super important to me. And like I'm sharing this with you because I want you to just listen to the story, okay? And understand, potentially, possibly look at me as a mirror, okay? Look at me as a mirror. So... You know, I have uh, one of my very, very dearest friends is she considers herself to be an alcoholic. Okay. Now, I do not call her an alcoholic. She considers herself to be an alcoholic. And we speak very frequently, like every day, about life and what's life like for her. And, um, and I ask her in messages, how, like, what's it like? I, I literally, like, I have, like, no friends that do not drink, that don't drink alcohol. I, I hardly have any friends that do not drink or participate in alcohol use. And it's like, what do you do if you don't drink? And she's like, uh, everything. <laughs> everything. I do everything. Like, I mean, I have a wonderful time. I just don't drink alcohol. And I remember back to when I quit smoking cigarettes. So when in 2001... My ex-husband and I had just moved to North Carolina. I mean, I had smoked cigarettes since I was like born, okay? I had smoked as a really, okay, if you thought that I drank when I was young, I smoked when I was younger than that. Ugh, there, I took a child. So, um, and this is not my parents' fault. I'm not blaming my parents for any of this because I was the youngest of five kids. The fact that they even knew that they had me was, I was happy for that. So, um... So when I quit smoking cigarettes, it took me a long time to figure out, well, there's my husband. Um, <laughs> there's, it took me a long time to figure out, well, what do you do if you don't smoke? What do you, what do I do instead of smoking? What do I do um, after dinner if I'm having a glass of wine when I usually would have a cigarette? What do I do instead? So the first things I would do, like basically for the first half year was, I would wash dishes. Like after dinner, I would just wash dishes or I would straighten up. I would like, I would like keep my hands busy until I stopped thinking about having a cigarette. So that took years, but it didn't mean it went away. So um, I've had this in my mind before. Like, what did I, what's it like to not drink or what's it like to like not always have alcohol? And 
when she says to me that it's exactly the same, but it is different because my friends treat me differently. They are used to me being a certain way. They're used to me drinking. And I'm like, ooh. So like little by little, I'm taking this in as almost like um, a model of me. Like, well, this woman is one of the most beautiful, incredible angels in my life. And she doesn't have alcohol and she's having a great time. She's living like she's never in a fog. She wakes up in the morning and she doesn't feel guilty about what she might have said the night before. She doesn't wake up in the middle of the night and think her brain off and racing like, oh my God, how many drinks did I have? Should I have had less? What should I have done? You know, like this is the mental obsession that I was having in my mind. I'm doing this to myself. And I mean, I'm constantly wondering, am I an alcoholic? Am I an alcoholic? I've asked our other two best friends, do you think I'm an alcoholic? And they're like, no, you're not an alcoholic. So, but the question is, how do I feel? Maybe it's not about the amount that I drink. It's about how do I feel inside if I'm drinking all the time, if I'm just drinking, like blindly drinking alcohol. So here we go. Here's the story. So I started getting eczema around my eyes, like super duper pink. Like it looked like I was a crazy person. Like I was intoxicated, putting on pink eyeshadow. It was like super pink. And then it came like all the way down here after and like it then burned like when I was out like walking in the field and if the wind was coming and my eyes would tear it would sting the corners of my eyes I'm like ow what what the hell's going on so what is this uh so finally went to my skin doctor so I go to my skin doctor right so here it is and I asked God I said God can you please tell me what do I need to know because energetically everything I believe that everything is energy So energetically speaking, God, I know there's something I need to see. What do I need to see? Because this is around my eyes. What am I not seeing, God? What do I need to see? What do I need to see? So I go to my skin doctor. This guy is like drier than the West Texas wind. And I love him because I always try to make him laugh and he never laughs. And so it's like my job. Okay. So I go to this guy and I'm so I'm like, look in my eyes, look, 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 look how he's like, he's like, I can hardly see it. I'm like, oh, it hurts. He's like, okay, I'm going to give you this medicine for eczema. And he said, whether it's psoriasis or eczema, it doesn't really matter because the medicine is going to be the same. But there's one thing you have to know. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, there's one thing you cannot do when you're taking this medicine. The second he said that, I was like, I know what it is. And he says, you cannot have alcohol with this medicine. What? Can you believe? God, what do I need to see? God, what do I, what am I not seeing that I need to see right now, God? I go to a doctor. The doctor tells me, okay, let me get you some medicine. We're going to fix this up for you. But there's one thing you cannot take while you're taking the medicine, and that is alcohol. (laughs) What? are you saying here, God? So he tells me, yeah. So for three weeks, Monday through like every day, Monday, like every single day you have to take this medicine. And then for six weeks after on Mondays and Thursdays. And I look at him like no alcohol for nine weeks. And he's like, yeah. I said, so we're getting into like holiday seasons, party, like, 
graduations, my husband's birthday, celebrations of our 50-year anniversary of us moving to America, the family. Um, we got midsummer. I'm like, so what would happen if I had a glass of wine? Like, will I stop breathing? He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, but if you understand that alcohol is an inflammatory inflammation, causes inflammation, and the medicine that I'm giving you is for anti-inflammation to take down the swelling, to take down the pain. If you're drinking alcohol and you're taking an anti-inflammatory, if you're taking alcohol and you're taking an antidepressant, you see that correlation that I wanted to bring back to you. You're negating the fact of the medicine. Why bother taking the medicine? And then I'm like, okay, but so how can I make it work? So what do I need to know if I want to take a glass of wine? He's like, well, okay. <laughs> okay, since you keep questioning me about this, you can wait 24 hours. You have to wait 24 hours from the last time you put medicine on before you drink alcohol. I'm like, oh, okay, good. So I can, so I can drink. Because the second you tell me I cannot, what is my, what, like, seriously, this is a part of my, this is a karmic lesson for me that I'm realizing that you tell me now, I'm running to get whatever it is you're telling me I cannot do. I think there's something there. So anyway, I'm immediately like, oh my God, I can't. I felt like a little sick to my stomach. Like, oh my God, you're telling me I can't drink alcohol? And now that it's been, I'm in the third week now of the medicine. Um, So let's go back. Before I went to see this gentleman with the medicine, um, every night with dinner, we would be having maybe three glasses of wine, maybe four, depending on how exciting the night was. So today, since I started the medicine, I have drank four times. So two, like on a Friday and a Saturday, and then last weekend, it was uh, a Saturday and a Sunday, for example. Now, I'm not drinking crazy amounts every night, but I'm super conscious about how I feel when I'm not drinking. Like, when I wake up in the middle of the night, like my brain immediately is like, I didn't drink. I didn't have any wine tonight. We had a really beautiful evening and we watched our show and we had a nice cup of delicious puka nighttime tea, which totally calms me down, but doesn't make me like, uh, like, right, like the, the, the super exhausted like wine does. And just like really safe and really calm and really like, I feel loving. I feel gentle with myself. And like, that doesn't mean that I have to stop drinking alcohol. I can have alcohol, you know, on when I feel like it is an appropriate time. But I don't have to blindly be drinking alcohol instead of drinking water at night. I mean, like, talk about a habit. Talk about a habit that is not making me feel good. And if I have this picture in my mind's eye of... I'm doing so many things that make me feel so alive and I'm so proud of myself. And then I go to bed and I drink alcohol at night for no reason. And then I go to bed and I feel guilty and bad and sad and like, why the hell am I doing this? It's a Tuesday night. Do I really need to have alcohol? Like we're watching a movie. Do I need to have alcohol right now? So as you can see, my life journey is bringing me forward. I am learning more about myself Every day, I see myself from new perspectives and I know what I want. I know what I need. I know 
what I crave. And I crave not to feel bad. I don't want to make unhealthy choices or decisions for my life anymore. I'm nearly 56 years old. I want to be free. I want to wake up in the morning and feel like I could jump in a car and drive. And if the police pull me over, because here in Sweden, that's what they do. They bust you in the morning. They get you in the morning the day after. And uh, I mean, I don't even want to have that as a thought. I don't even, I don't even want to th- have to, th- like, to give up my beautiful mental energy for something like that. It's so irrelevant and inconsequential. Potentially, it could ruin my life. It could ruin my body temple. I don't want to ruin my body temple. I want to love my body temple. I want to love myself, take care of myself, and show other people that everyday consumption of a drug, and it is a drug, is not a part of a solution. No, no. So that's my journey right now. It's my journey. And I feel really thankful to God. God, what do I need to see right now? What am I not seeing? What am I not seeing? Stop. Stop with the everyday asa. Alcohol's not bad. Alcohol, you know, balance of everything is good. Too much? No good. No bueno, boo. Bring it back. Talk about it. Talk about it. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. I don't have to be ashamed talking about this with you. This is a part of my life. Is it a part of your life? And is this a conversation that maybe you want to have with yourself? Or maybe you are having this conversation with yourself. Maybe it's pot. Maybe it's, um, um, what is it, pain medicine. You know, maybe it's sex. Maybe it's gambling. Maybe it's food. Whatever. Whatever it is, really take a look at how you feel because your body will tell you this doesn't feel good. You might think you need this food or this drug, this pain pill, this sex to feel full, to feel loved, to feel valued. I'm really going to ask you to listen to my story because my story has built up over the years so that I am who I am today so that I could see myself with these eyes, with these clear eyes, with this clear brain that is not foggy because I don't want to be foggy. I want to be clear and I want to be able to see those around me clearly and love myself first and then love everybody else next. And if I am drugged, I cannot do that in the way that I want to. So I'm not saying I'm giving up alcohol. Maybe one day I will. I don't know. I don't know. But today, when I wake up on a Tuesday morning and I think, what a nice night we had last night. Had a delicious cup of tea. We watched our British mystery and we just were laying on the sofas and relaxing after a great day. And we went to bed and we have love in our hearts and we wake up with love in our hearts, no guilt, no resentments, no worry, just love. That's the life that I want. And that's what alcohol was taking away from me, that everyday consumption was taking away because I was hyper-focused on it, hyper-focused on what I was doing that wasn't making me feel good. Because when I'm hyper-focusing on that, I cannot focus on what makes me feel terrific. Makes me feel bad, makes me feel good. 
Where do I want to focus? Right here. Oh, here. What about you? Got anything you want to think about? You got anything that's on your heart? You got anything that's in your body that's saying like, no, I hate that I do that. Hate that I do that. Hmm. I'm not trying to tell you what you need to do. I'm just telling you my story. I'm sharing my heart with you because I love you. I hope that you have a really beautiful week. And know that me sharing this with you is huge, huge from the person that didn't want anybody to know that I didn't know everything to this person today. Talk about some growth. Talk about some growth. Yeah. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of More Moths to the People. I am Asa Nilsson. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, share it with a friend. I want to say thank you to Kamel Asli for his help with the production of this podcast. Without him, this would not even be in your ears today. I can assure you of that. And let me... Let me say a little something about my friend, Gregory Paul Donaldson, may he rest in peace, who would always leave me with this quote. He would say, in the meantime and between time, whatever you do, do it well, and then pass it on. Peace and most importantly, joy. I want to leave you with that as well. I'll see you on the flip side, my friend. Take care.